I yes, laid sir. out the parameters there uh, in terms of where this thing stands now. Uh, the TRO, the Temporary Restraining Order, issued by Judge Norris. So you folks have been rocking along uh, with the 2 a.m. closure as per usual, but waiting now the results of what happens on Friday. Is that correct? That is correct. We're still uh, operating as usual. Everyone is kind of walk- is, uh, working with um, pretty much a dark cloud over their head because of the uncertainty. No one knows what to expect after that hearing. Well, uh, okay, let's talk about what this has been like, though, because even with staying open, your, your typical hours now, 2 o'clock, your, your, your normal operating hours, you are still under the constraints, as I understand it, of operating at diminished capacity. You can only, are you still being compelled to only have uh, so many people in your place? Yeah, uh, Governor Kemp, uh, the capacity, we're still only able to have 35%. So 35% of whatever your fire marshal capacity is. Uh, so it's either 50, 50 people or 35%, whichever one is greater. So you still are under some major constraints to actually hopefully make money in the middle of a pandemic. Um, so it's definitely challenging, for sure. I would assume that it would be, Gerard Miller. Uh, and, and, again, I may venture into some areas that are none of my business here, but I, I, I will try to get some sense of just how bad it has been for you folks over the last few months operating under those constraints. Uh, how difficult is it to keep your doors open and keep meeting payroll? Uh, it's definitely difficult. We've had more than a few employees either find alternate employment in other sectors, i.e. leaving the industry, uh, we've had the difficult choices of which employees are we going to move forward with, um, some of which made those decisions on their own. Um, and then there's the, the, you know, money going down so much drastically that you lose quality employees. So meeting payroll, meeting the expectations of what people have to be able to, be able to put food on their tables. Um, has actually gone through the roof. So the, the stress of trying to provide a safe, a um, efficient, and profitable workplace has just it's complicated itself in ways that um, <laughs> is already difficult in an industry in which we rely on the public to really come and support the business. So it, now it's even more. It's it's three, four, five times fold. Now, I would assume that in all of this, you await the arrival of students, the uh, start of fall semester. Some of the students already starting to roll back into town, but others will in the coming days Mm -hmm. and weeks. Uh, Is it fair to say, and full disclosure here, I'm not familiar with either of your establishments. Uh, Moonshine on the rocks in 1785 on on Clayton. I I gather I'm a little bit out of the demographics. I got the one or two places I go where the older (laughs) folks go. I'm going to guess your establishments are geared more toward the younger folks. I mean, well, they're geared towards the college kids, but they're, they're geared toward everyone, you know. So, but the college kids definitely help. Uh, you're in Athens; you can't avoid the college kids. I mean, you can. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure if you try hard enough, you can. But uh, the college kids actually very much move the needle as far as your local economy. So, having them back, you're talking about restaurants. You're talking about uh, retail, as far as uh, a lot of. Uh, Clothing stores are going to see are going to see that money that they need to have, and obviously the nightlife. You're going to see that as well. So you're going to see an uptick in the local economy, which, quite frankly, with the uh, two and a half month shutdown, every business that I have seen outside of Walmart 
and uh, Home Depot and Lowe's uh, are going to be looking forward to those things happening. And that's got to rankle you a little bit, I would think, uh, Gerard Miller. Don't let me speak for you, but if it were me, I'd be saying, wait a minute, <laughs> those folks can crowd into Walmart and nobody gives them any grief, but I can't have a full house in my barn. You're telling me i got to shut the place early. That does not, to me as an outsider, I don't have a dog in either one of these fights, but that doesn't seem fair. Doesn't seem fair. Um, however, you know, we don't have the, the major lobby that a large, large corporation does. We're just a small business and we're a consortium of small businesses. And, you know, thankfully we've been able to kind of uh, rally the troops um, of those that would actually be our competitors. And we're seeing eye to eye with something and we're, we're fighting back to make sure that our voices are heard. All right, let's talk about that. Gerard Miller, again, on uh, the general manager of those bars downtown and, and working with some others as well, about a half dozen uh, who have lawyered up for the fight uh, to stay open for as late as, as the current ordinance allows them to in opposition to the county plan to have them shut down at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, the first thing I thought when I looked at this, okay, you got two sides arguing over closing time. You want to say 2 a.m., the county wants to say 10 p.m. I'm looking at this as an outside observer, I'm trying to look at it as practically as I possibly can. What's wrong with splitting the difference and saying midnight? Uh, <laughs> what's wrong with telling uh, Walmart, hey, uh, sorry, um, you would like to make money at this time. We have too many people getting off work at a certain time. So people get off work at 5. We see a high traffic area there. You know what, let's go ahead and shut you down at 7. You know, at what point are we going to sit around and say that people have the personal choice to leave their homes to go somewhere? These are adults we're talking about. These aren't children that we're talking about that are being forced, uh, that are being made to come out. We're talking about people who make that choice. What do I you mean, say to the mayor's concerns, uh, Gerard Miller? What do you say to the mayor's concerns? You heard him talk about it. They, they leave one of your places, they go to another and another after that, and contact tracing becomes impossible and they're super spreading. What do you say when you hear the mayor's concerns? Well, the contact tracing is going to be impossible no matter what we do in society. Um, so if I go to Walmart and then I decide to go to another store, you know, if I leave my home to go shopping on a Saturday, it's very, it's very unlikely that I'm just going to go to one place or I'm only going to go to or come into contact with one individual. I'm still coming into contact with individuals or anything that I touch while I'm out. Now, are there preventative measures in place? Yes, at every, every place I've been. But that doesn't mean that there aren't preventative measures in place at restaurants and bars. At all three of my bars, when you walk in, we actually temper, temperature gauge you before you ever walk in and step foot in the bar. We're looking for symptoms of COVID-19. Uh, if you're sweating, if your temperature is over is over 100 degrees, you are turned away immediately. Uh, as you walk in as well, there are sanitizing stations at all three of our businesses. Um, beyond that, everyone who works at the bar has a mask on. Um, I can't even schedule as many people as I would like because I am actively socially distancing to make sure that we only have enough people to where they are socially distanced from their fellow employees while they are at the bar. So I can't, while we're operating with only 35% capacity in relatively large buildings, so we are doing everything that the CDC has given us guidelines for, that Governor Kemp has given us guidelines for, and it's still not enough. 